0: the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
1: Proverbs 26 begins with something that is a, a picture of incongruity something incongruous, as snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly or not appropriate for a fool. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Alex McFarlane here along with Bert Harper. We're so glad you're listening. We're in the book of Proverbs, God's book of wisdom in the Old Testament. And Bert, I the more I read Proverbs, the more I have prayed, Lord, help me and give me wisdom because... Uh, According to Proverbs, wisdom is the pathway to blessing and and joy and favor. And fortunately, the good Lord is willing to give wisdom and guidance to all who ask.
2: It is, and it's also more valuable than gold or silver. Uh, uh, chapters yeah. 26 and, uh, and 25 and 26, I should get it in order, uh, are about groups. Now, listen to the groups that chapter 25 covered that we did last Thursday. Kings your neighbors, your enemies. And then in chapter 26, now listen how it goes. The first 12 verses really are about how to relate to fools. And then verses 13 uh, and, and following all the way through verse 16 is about laziness or lazy people. And then, believe it or not, you go into those that are gossips. So we're kind of on a downward spiral, Alex, as far as... The people that you have to relate with. You have to relate to kings. Great. You got you get to relate to neighbors. That's awesome. But also, there are some other people in the world that we need wisdom in relating to them. And I, I just thought this is neat, how, how this pulls together. And it starts off, like you said, in verse 1, uh, "...as snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting a fool." And the rest of the, verse 12 is concerning how to relate to fools. And so, Alex, it gives you, I think it says, verse 4, I think is the theme verse of verses 1 through 12, d- giving your opinion. Do not yes. answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. Uh, you just, you, you know, you can't have a decent conversation with someone who is foolish.
1: Well, and, you know, you you look in this, and there are several profiles of individuals that, listen, if if you're wise, and sure, if you fear the Lord, but even if you care about yourself, you don't want to be this person. You don't want to be the fool. You don't want to be the person who's not teachable. You don't want to be the gossip who has no reputation or character and divides people. Uh, You look at verse 9, you don't want to be the drunkard. That, that really robs yourself of your own future. And so I, I read these things, and, you know, Bert, i got to be honest with you, foolishness and laziness and, I mean, any of these uh, traps I could have fallen into. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus got a hold of my life at age 21, and I, to be quite honest, Bert, I know Jesus saved me from me destroying myself. I'm just going to be honest. I look at all these and I think, you know, Lord, thank you for. And it certainly wasn't me, believe me. It wasn't me, but it was the Holy Spirit and it was some good people speaking into my life pastors, grandparents, family, calling me to the path of, of, of Christ's way. You know, Bert, I look at the, the, the rod is for the back of a fool, according to verse 3. Just like a, a whip. For a horse, a bridle, for a donkey, a rod, for the back of a fool. Uh, Bert, Jesus has blessing for each person, but I think part of what salvation and then Christian growth is, he's sparing us from the behaviors that we would engage in that would destroy ourselves.
2: You are so right, Alex. And let me just say this, the quicker you get on that path, the better you are uh you were talking about how you would be there's no doubt that i would have done so many things but i had a dad that i there was no chance of me being lazy Uh, at least not not until i left home my dad i mean we worked uh i i don't this is hilarious let me tell you we milked cows and for a while and then we was down to two cows in, mm-hmm. in my high school years, we had one cow that I milked, and my mother would take that milk, and we had it at home. She'd sell some. I graduated high school on a Sunday, and I went to a, quote, public job. Until then, I'd always just worked on the farm. I went to right. a job where I'd have to leave early and get there. Daddy sold that cow on Monday after I graduated on, wow. on Sunday. Wow. Now, who was that cow for? Uh, My mom and dad could have gotten by without having that cow and the milk it produced. But this teenage boy, dad said, you need to get up early, melt that cow before you go to school, come home, melt that cow before you go to the ball game or go on that date. And uh, so a lot of this could be helped by good parenting. Just let me share with you the fool, the sluggard, and even the gossip could be helped by good parenting Alex
1: Amen a- Amen and and you know what uh, I I've told the story I had a friend named Rick Davis I was driving a delivery truck and Rick was assistant manager of a grocery store and I really respected Rick cuz he was working and he had bought himself a car and I was you know about 20 and uh we we would talk about music and he loved Elvis you know and so one day I said, "Hey, my band is going to play at a fraternity party, and would you like to hear my band?" And we play a bunch of oldies, play Elvis. And he said, uh, "No thanks." I said, "Well, you know, it's a frat party, and there's going to be beer." And he said, uh, "No, nope, I'm not going to go." And I said, "Why not?" I'll never get He said, "Cause Rick don't drink." <laughs> That's exactly what's <laughs> And I said, "I said, yeah, why not?" He said, "Cause I'm a Christian." Well, and I, I've told him that. And he doesn't even remember it. This is 30 years ago plus. But I want to tell you, I respected him. I looked up to him. That hugely got my attention. And let me just say this, folks. You never know the way you witness, the the word that you say. I've told the story of how Buford Smith, I was just newly saved, and Pastor Buford Smith, he said, is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? He said, young man, do something with your life so that somebody would be in heaven because of you. Bert, change my life. And the reason I I read these things in Proverbs, and it says, um, you know, uh, the legs of the lame are not equal, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. See, just like in verse 7 of Proverbs 26, if somebody had um, a, a short leg, or they were in some way crippled, their legs are not equal to walk. Well, it... Nobody's going to take it seriously if a foolish person says a parable, because that just doesn't seem like truth would come out of somebody whose life doesn't measure up. But here's the thing. Um, you never know if you've got a, a godly witness and you're speaking truth. You have an influence on people. Just like I'm I'm the result of people that influenced me, thank, thank the Lord. Bert, uh, we all have a reputation, we have a character, we can be an influence. And if, if we're willing, God can use our life to influence others for Jesus.
2: Alex, you're talking about Rick and Buford and what yeah. they said to you. Let's go back to chapter 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. That is what that was for you. And as you said, you've challenged me and those of us that are listening to, to have those words that are fitly spoken right time in that setting that it, it just is prominent. And those is prominent in your life. I've had them in my own life. And so this is what we do. And one of the thing, proverbs that really speaks spoke to me uh, is, is the one in verse uh, 9. Or, or Excuse me. Verse 8, like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a fool. In other words, if you have a stone and it's bound in the sling, it's not going to be released to do what its purpose was. Our purpose was not to be foolish. Our purpose was not to be a drunkard. Our purpose was not to be lazy. Our purpose is not to be a gossip. And when we do these and they become a part of our lives. It's like keeping that stone in that sling that it cannot be fulfilled. Uh, the other one that comes really strong is verse 11. Oh, As yes. a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Uh, mm. This reminds me of what we were talking about in Psalm 23 about strong drink. And how a drunkard would go back to partake of it. And it's ended that verse by saying, I'll seek it once again. And, Alex, so we ought to learn, not just from our experiences, but if we're observant, we can look and see what pain, bad decisions, uh, acting the part of a foolish person is. And, and the worst fool is found in Psalm 41 and Psalm 53, the fool has said in his heart, There's no God. And so, mm-hmm. Alex, uh, the most this foolish trick, it's reminds me of Romans chapter one, when it takes us down a downward spiral to to becoming a reprobate mind. Foolish thinking will do the same thing. It will take you down a spiral pit to the very bottom. And and so Alex, I, I think this warning that's in chapter twenty-six, verses one through twelve, about a fool, is fair warning for anyone who is listening. Say, I'm not going down that
1: trek. Amen, amen. Well, you know, twenty-six, this amazing, and you quoted verse eleven, which is a very famous verse. But let me read. Let me read a couple of these verses. Uh, it says. The great God that formed all things both rewardeth the fool and rewardeth the transgressors. And then famously, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. See thou a man wise in his own conceit, there's more hope of a fool than of him. Okay, God sees, throughout Proverbs, whenever we've had these warnings about Uh, willful sin and unbelief and destructive, aberrant behavior. Talks about God sees the heart. God knows all things. Does not God ponder the ways of a man? And He does. Now, a fool and a transgressor, there will be a result. Uh, You know, Bert, uh, last week I was on the road teaching and a student asked me and said, you know, if, if God is love, why does God send people to hell? And the answer is God doesn't. People send themselves, you know. And like in in verse 10, um, it's that there look, there's going to be results. If if you speed and you lose control of the car and wreck, that wasn't God's fault. Now God made gravity and God made the elements, but you know the very same world that will uh, be your destruction if you live crazy That very same world will be your blessing and your success if you live wisely, you know? It is, yeah. But um, then, verse 12, a man that's, you know, confident in himself or prideful or believes he has all the answers. When I read this, a man wise in his own eyes, what I'm saying is, I mean, what I'm seeing there is a person that's not teachable. I mean... You know, the, one, of the, he, one of does the does he
2: already know it all? Yeah, I, exactly. I, he knows it all, so you can't tell him anything.
1: Exactly, yeah. and and the word is conceit there, and that's a form of self-deception. You're
2: listening to exploring the word, and you've we've been covering about the fool, but we're going to come back and look at the sluggard, and we're all going to say, "Look what God thinks of gossips." Let me just tell you, you don't want to go there. You don't want to be one. We'll be right back.
3: This is Pause to Pray,
2: a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's
0: leaders. Today we pray for Chuck Sams, director of the National Park Service. His agency manages all national parks, plus national monuments and other historical and recreational properties. Psalm 145.5 reminds us to take time and enjoy God's amazing creations. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to guide Chuck Sams as he leads the National Park Service. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
4: Pause to Pray is the
0: service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 Prayer
2: Guide and make this the Year of Prayer, available now at pause
5: After a while, most things go from new and exciting to old and routine. But Dr. Tony Evans says that shouldn't happen with our faith. He'll talk about that today as we spend two minutes with Tony.
6: A young man was hired by a forester to chop down trees with his axe some years ago. And he started off getting the job done at warp speed. But as the days and weeks went on, he became less effective. That's when the supervisor asked him a question. He said, well, over these weeks that you've been working, have you bothered to sharpen your axe? He was using a dull tool to get the job done. Some of us can remember the fire we had in earlier days. There was a fire for God, a fire for God's word, a fire to be a witness, only to discover over time things were going downhill and you weren't achieving as much even though you may have been working harder. So the question to the forester is a relevant question. Are you trying to live your Christian life with a a dull axe? To love God means you are passionately pursuing his glory. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. If God's pleasure and His glory is not your passion, you do not love God. He wants us to sharpen our acts so that we are being effective and not just being worn out by our faith.
5: It's never too late to make a fresh start in your faith. Find out more with the help of Dr. Evans' CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with
1: Tony. Beloved, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when Christ appears, we will be like
2: Him, for we will see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself, just as Christ is pure. 1 John 3, 2 and 3.
0: American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
1: What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am?
2: Welcome fire. back to Exploring the Word, Bert and Alex. We're in Proverbs 26. Later on in the next segment, we're going to be taking phone calls, and you can get ready. Many of you already know it's on your speed dial, but it's eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. 589 8840 Speed dial, man. Uh, Alex, are you one of those? Okay, they'll ask you, what is so-and-so's number? I don't know. I just know I look up their name and press that button, and I don't memorize their numbers anymore. That's bad. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Now I have to tell you, I have American Family Association on speed dial, but the number for your Bible questions—we would love to hear from you. It is triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. We'll get to your questions live here in just a minute. But Proverbs twenty-six is really rich. can I, may I read a couple of verses? Go
2: ahead. I, I had two in mind, and I want to see if you like them as well. Go ahead. Let's, let's well, there, see.
1: Yeah, there, there's so many here, but verse 14 says, As the door turns on its hinges, so doth the slothful man on his bed. That was one now of mine now. You got it. <laughs> rolling back and forth, laying in bed. Hey, when the sun comes up, we're supposed to get up too and get up and be industrious. Um, but... Uh, you go I've got two or three verses here, but can't you picture a lazy person laying in bed? When I when I was at Liberty I had a professor, he's in heaven now, Dr. Taylor was his name. And I'll never forget he was doing chapel one time and um he uh somebody during Q and A mentioned they hated going to eight o'clock classes 'cause <laughs> and when I was at Liberty we had seven AM classes and Dr. Uh, Taylor, he said, if you're a preacher and you're in bed at 7 a.m., you're already backslidden. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let me just tell you,
2: that was <laughs> I'd rather go to a 7 or 8 o'clock class as the 2 o'clock class in the afternoon. Now, i, I just oh, tell man. you, I, I would do everything in my power to schedule my classes. Other than that, that was just in the. It was that siesta time, you Staying know. Staying awake. Yeah, in the after had to stay hard. awake. It was hard. Hey, let me share. That is awesome. Verse thirteen. <laughs> let me give you my turn. All slothful or lazy people need is an excuse, whether it's right. real or not. And uh, there's a line in the road, or uh, a fierce line is in the streets. Uh, I can't
1: leave the house. I can't. Le- my-
2: that's all. That's it, isn't it? Excuse. Yeah,
1: there, there might be a lion out there. Yep. Y- you know what? Hey, risk it, folks. <laughs> Go to work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but,
2: the yeah. sluggard is wiser in his own, verse 16, in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Uh, yes. Again, notice the fool and the sluggard have a lot in common. You can't tell them anything. Well,
1: that they really do they really do and and like, I was going to read that in verse 16 this logger you know he thinks he's wiser than seven men that can render a reason um l- let me read this uh, verse here verse 19 now w-
2: let me make this we do all of a sudden at the end of verse 16 it transitions into gossips just make that uh, uh, you, if you remember when we started chapter 25 these proverbs were gathered by Hezekiah's men uh, right. and put them in. And he organized; they organized them together. And verses one again, one through twelve is fools. Verses thirteen through sixteen is sluggards. And now, verse seventeen, we start with gossip. Sal, let's go ahead. I just wanted to
1: well, make well, sure everybody yeah. got that. And, and you know, um, there, there's this. Um, <laughs> Saying that's really originally by a a British writer named Alexander Pope Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. You've heard that saying. Okay, verse 17 says, He that passeth by and meddles with strife belonging not to him is like one that takes a dog by the ears. Now, can you imagine coming up behind a, a, a strange dog and grabbing it by the ears? That would be cruel. And don't be surprised if the dog turns around and bites at you. So if you're going by and let's say there's trouble and it's none of your affair, but you put yourself into it, you know, the question is being asked, why Why do you want to cause yourself trouble, you know? Um, verse 17, one of the ways that a foolish person, you know, as we say down south, kicks a hornet's nest, he sees strife, and it's not any of his business, but he gets in it, you may as well grab a dog by the ears. That's it. Now, um, verse 19, so is the man that deceives his neighbor and says, Am I not in sport? That's the King James. In other words, oh, I was just kidding. Yeah. Bert Um, I was a little kid and I learned to be be careful of the guy who's the habitual jokester and does something malicious, and then when you know, consequences happen. They say, oh, hey, man, I was just kidding. Uh, Am I not in sport is the way the King James renders it.
2: It was in the New King Jameses. I was just joking. I was only joking. Now, notice the word deceives his neighbor. Uh, Again, a word... Now, this honestly is in contrast to a word fitly spoken over in chapter 25. Chapter 25, a word fitly spoken here... Is a deception to his neighbor with words, and yes. and, and then and then give an unfit words both exactly. Now verse twenty is uh, the other one that I just uh, I've got it highlighted red lines under it. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no tellbearer or a whisperer or a gossiper, those those are all meanings there. That word that that Hebrew word strife ceases don't add fuel to the fire alex don't yeah don't you uh bring it on anymore and guess exactly. what uh to spread gossip it takes two it takes one to speak it and the other one to hear it yeah uh, i don't know if you've ever done this or not i i guess this is one of my pet peeves i admit it i've told folks they've come to it and say something you really need to know and about somebody. And I said, do I really need to know it? If I know it, can I do something about it? If I Mm -hmm. don't know it, will it hurt me not to know it? And well, I I don't know. I just think you need to know it. And and Alex, at least, sometimes they've told me, sometimes they've walked away, said, well, there's really no need of you, you know, hearing this. Um, But, you know, at least it makes that person think, do I need to pass this on? Does this really need to be somebody else's concern besides mine, or does it need to stop with me? And uh, I, that verse, where there is no wood, the fire goes out, and where mm-hmm. there is no bear, strife ceases. That really yeah. speaks loud and clear.
1: You know, I, I want to stick to Scripture, but um, I've seen this on plaques, and I know the Rotary Club, you know, here in Pleasant Garden, North Carolina, the Rotary Club meets at the community center. But there was this sign on the wall. I used to, when I would go sign up for Little League every year, I would read it. But it said, of all the things we think, say, or do, ask, is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendship? Now, the reason I I thought about that, you know, is it true? Is it fair? If you look at like verse 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, Look at these words: the man that deceives, the talebearer, a contentious man, the words of a talebearer, the wicked heart (verse 23), um, the one that divides people with his words (verse 24). See, these are these are character traits, and obviously we don't want to do these things, but we don't want to be the one with eager ears to hear these things either. It, yeah.
2: that is that's well said and and i really do believe that and uh uh you remember that little song be little, be careful little ears what you hear oh uh, yeah. yeah and there's so much to that, that that we uh you know if it doesn't involve us if we don't need to know sometimes you need to know let's just let's be fair uh sometimes you need to know and uh sometimes you need to know so you can do something about it sometimes you need to know because it's like a warning to you and uh, so but after you receive it, you need to put it through the filter of the Word of God and through the filter of what it says uh, in the Word of God and, and see if it needs to be shared uh see if you need to go to authority see if you need to uh, share with someone else so it really does the Bible talks plain about the danger of the tongue. James says, oh, "No man absolutely. can no man can tame it." Uh, and but for the Christian, the Holy Spirit in our life, He can give us self discipline with the tongue. Can He?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I like. I know we're kind of going back and forth. We're in Proverbs twenty six, and folks, we're gonna get to your Bible questions here in just a little bit. But you you mentioned verse twenty. Um, you know where, where there's no wood, the fire will go out. Well, where there's no tailbearer, strife ceases, right? Let me just say this, and Bert, if, if I hit on a good topic here, you can elaborate. <laughs> but uh, we love the church, and we love when churches are healthy. And there is a thing that will harm churches, and it's called the rumor mill. Oh, me. And so if you want the rumor mill to stop, or you want the grapevine to dry up, then then don't feed it. Just like verse twenty of Proverbs twenty six, you know, where there's um you know, no um yeah, verse twenty, no wood, the fire will go out. Well, let's let's not spread rumors. And you know what? The rumor mill can close up shop. And rumors are not good in the church.
2: I've heard people Well, it's the truth. Well, some truths don't have to be spread, and especially if they're half-truths, mistruths, and, and I've, you know. Or untruths. Untruths. And if you're in leadership, just let me tell you, if you're in leadership, you're going to suffer people saying something to about you. Uh, that's pastoring. It, it, it's, you know, uh, misconstruing anything, but— uh, uh words that that uh, you know they thought they heard have you ever heard that in communication it's what you said oh yeah what you meant to say <laughs> what you thought you were saying and then what was heard and what they thought they heard i mean in yes. communication there's so many things that can go wrong alex and so be careful uh you know uh be careful about your words i know uh People that have to be so careful, and I'm not as careful as I should because my my intent is is not evil. My intent was not to do harm, uh, but sometimes unintentional word can be taken and it be taken wrongly. Alex,
1: oh I know. Did you when you were a youth pastor and I I was too? But did you you ever play that game where you get a big circle (laughs) and you you better believe it? (laughs) And it's uh, it's hilarious if not shocking how some statement, by the time it gets all the way around the circle, is radically changed. So let's... Words matter. That's what the the Scripture is telling us here, that, that words matter. Uh, verse 24, He that hates dissembleth with his lips, and lays up deceit within him. Uh, the word dissembleth, I got the old King James here, but, you know, divides people, tears people down. And what's interesting is... Uh, The more that you elaborate a rumor, the more you embellish it, and you're laying up deceit within yourself. Um, Have you ever heard this,
2: Alex? The first liar doesn't stand a chance. I mean, in other words, you you know, it's it's like fishing. The person that tells about how big a fish they caught the first time, uh, man, can you imagine how big the third or fourth? So be honest, and that's what it's saying here, Alex. Stay on track, you know?
1: Well, exactly, exactly. And you know what's interesting? All right, verse 25. When he, this is the uh, the, the hater who, who divides people, has deceit. When he speaks fair, believe him not. For there are seven abominations in his heart whose hatred is covered by deceit. His wickedness shall be showed before the whole congregation. Okay, verse 26 is a warning because, look, if you're a person of dishonesty and rumor, and, and really slander, it'll come out eventually. His, his wickedness will be shown before the whole congregation. But here's the thing. Even when you do speak truth, people aren't going to believe you. If, if you're a talebearer and one who tears down and you're, uh, you, you use words to try to lift yourself up and, and pull other people down, even on that rare occasion when that person does speak truth, people aren't going to believe him because his reputation has has been lo- lost.
2: Verse 27, we're getting close to the end, perfect timing, and it is whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. Uh, y- mm. You're going to get yours sooner or later, Alex. It's, it's, and it goes back to verse 26 about it being revealed before the whole congregation. Uh, sooner or later, it catches up with you. Uh, if you lie, you better remember everything you said. <laughs> if you tell the truth, guess what? <laughs> you tell the truth, and you'll remember it. And uh, liars, uh, the, the Bible says they don't have part in heaven. I mean, that's scary, you know?
1: A yeah, lying tongue. When
2: you read Proverbs 6, and it goes into the things God hates, Yes, seven, are abomination to him, three, and possibly four, have to do with a tongue, a lying tongue. And that's how severe it is with God. It is very severe.
1: Well, and you know, the Bible says that we'll give an account for every word that we've ever said. Isn't that amazing? And it, it may just be right now that you want to um, say to, to the Lord, please forgive me. You know, Lord, I, I have told lies with my mouth. I have known the truth and spread falsehood. You know, the Lord said in Matthew, and and Paul reiterates in Romans, that we will give an account of every word and every deed. Now, if you will turn your heart to Christ, you say, Lord, save me, Jesus will wash your sin away. Maybe somebody listening, today's the day you need to make sure that you're born again. Or maybe as a Christian, you need to repent and come back to Christ. But, Bert, isn't it good, though our sins are many, Christ's mercy is immeasurable, and if we turn to Jesus, He'll forgive us.
2: Amen. And this is introduction to tomorrow. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. That's one. You need to get saved. You need to get right with God today, not tomorrow. That's what Alex was saying. We're going to take phone calls, and that number is 888-589-8840.
4: If you are engaging in sexual sin, today is the day to repent. As it was corrupt in Judah, let's be honest, the same things are happening today. The pornography addiction amongst the body of Christ is through the roof. And by and large, many in the church are not discussing these things too often because many of the people who are entrusted with the responsibility to do so, they're bound themselves.
0: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III
4: on American Family Radio. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Mark described the Gadarean demoniac, the one who said, My name is Legion, for we are many, as living among the tombs, breaking free from shackles and chains, howling in the night, and cutting himself with stones. But Jesus cast the demons out of him. And when the townspeople saw him with Jesus, free, clothed, and in his right mind, that is when they were afraid. If you've recently been freed by Jesus, don't be surprised if it makes your old friends uncomfortable. It's not you. It's them.
0: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr.
5: Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Luke 10, verse 33, Jesus said this about a Samaritan who was despised by the Jews. But a Samaritan, he had compassion. Jimmy sat alone at the dinner table, staring at a plate full of green peas. His mother said, You're not leaving this table, Jimmy, until you've eaten your peas. He looked at his mom and he asked, Which ones do you want me to eat? Well, the Lord says, Love your neighbors. But sometimes we answer back, Which ones, Lord? Well, that's not the way it works loving your neighbor means loving whoever comes across your path even when they're different from you when they don't share your opinions or your values when they're not lovely or lovable when you feel unable to love your neighbor jesus will love them through you if you ask him for more resources visit movingforwardradio.org join me every sunday morning at 8:30 central for moving forward right here on afr
0: God speak. welcome back you're listening to exploring the word on American family radio I'm finding myself in the midst of you the welcome
2: back to exploring the word Bert and Alex with you and we're taking questions in this final segment of the Monday program and Again, tomorrow we'll be in chapter 27, and just get ready. There's verse after verse after verse that you'll recognize in chapter 27. It's, uh, uh, it, it's something that just is very, very powerful. Many of them are. This one is compounded, as I say. Well, we're ready. We're taking phone calls, and we've got a line or two open. We try to get to as many calls as you can. So you can go ahead and call, and that number, 888 8840. We've got people online. Where are we going to first, Alex?
1: Oh, going to the great state of Texas. We're going to speak with John. John, welcome to Exploring the Word.
7: Hey, Bert and Alex. Uh, God bless you.
1: God bless you, You brother. brother. Welcome.
7: Amen. Okay. um, You know, you're talking about our sinful nature, and it could be that you gossip, like you're saying, or it could be a whole host of other things. You know, I won't go into too much depth there because it kind of gets the picture. But, you know, I'm going to use an alcoholic. The first step that an alcoholic must go through before they can go to the road of recovery is they have to admit they have a problem. So it doesn't matter what you're saying is, it's the same kind of thing. If you admit that you've been gossiping or you admit that you've done whatever, that's the first step in recovering. And that's what people need to do. Just realize that, hey, I messed up. I need you, Jesus, and
2: pray for forgiveness and pray that you don't do that sin again. Amen, John. Hey, guess what? That's what it is in salvation. Uh, Alex, you ever heard this? You got to get a person lost before you can get them saved.
1: Oh, yes, I've heard that.
2: uh, uh, Listen, uh, if we're not careful, if we justify what we're doing, uh, our relationship with God, say, well, I'm all right. I, I haven't done anything wrong. I pay my taxes. I hadn't murdered anybody, so I'm all right with God. Uh, listen you haven't looked deep inside of yourself and so you're right John the first thing is coming to the place in your life where you know that that you're you ascend and it's turned away and you need help Alex go ahead
1: well Bert you know I'm a purist and I'm not a big fan of revisionism and I travel a lot, and every now and then I'll be in a church, and they'll sing that great John Newton hymn, "Amazing Grace." And the first line says, "Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound." Now, now, modern up on the big screen, it'll say in most modern church, "Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved someone like me." Bert, what was the original line? Lady Do you it was remember? A wretch,
2: if I remember. It said
1: a wretch, like wretch,
2: me. like me. Hey, I, now I qualify. I, yeah. I qualify as the wretch, Alex. Without hey, price, to recover from in.
1: sin, yeah, we, we've got to admit that apart from Jesus, we are wretched, aren't we?
2: We are, and we we need to know. Hey, John, thank you, brother, and and that is awesome. And those, I, I'm just going to take time to pray because I got a feeling we you. got some people out there that need to be and experience that recovery that only God can give, and God does it; He can deliver immediately. But sometimes it takes steps for individuals to come to oh, that besetting sin, Alex, that people yes. have. Uh, sometimes it's, it's co- more complex than just walking away. It, uh, you've got to have the victory. So, Zara, if I pray for that.
1: It lead us, yes.
2: Father, I thank you for John calling today. And, Father, he has opened up my heart to remember those. And I've pastored, know them. I've heard their testimony And, Father, that have difficulty in the area of addictions. And not all of them are all the same. And, Father, I pray today that you would let them see that they're not covering it up. They don't need to to make an excuse. They need to admit it to themselves and to you and seek you and seek forgiveness and seek the help that you can give. And, Father, I pray for that deliverance, however it would come, immediately are in stages, Father. Now, salvation doesn't come in stages. Salvation comes through an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. But sometimes those besetting sins, Father, have a tendency to hang on. But I pray for victory over them. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Wow, that's great. Well, we're going to go to South Dakota and speak to Garrett. Garrett, thanks for holding. Uh, So you're in South Dakota, right?
2: Yes, sir. How cold is I just got to ask, Garrett. How cold is it in South Dakota?
7: Oh, uh, it's warm today. It's like 15 degrees. Right.
1: Nice. <laughs> and, oh. and, and Alex wow.
2: was complaining about 30. I, I just want y'all to
1: know. <laughs> so, I, I got to ask, Garrett, are, are you near Mount Rushmore?
7: No, I'm not. I'm in uh, Aberdeen, South Dakota. We'll call that the East River, east of the Missouri River, up in okay. the northeast corner.
1: Well, Well, well thanks uh, for listening. What's your question, Garrett?
7: Well, I listen every day, brothers. I appreciate you guys so much. They, Bless you. You were just talking about giving an account one day. I know that there's forgiveness for our sins. I have been radically changed by Christ, and I thank goodness for the blood of God. But my question is, and I know we go to the Bema Seat, you say we'll give an account. We're, do we, are we still going to give? I know they're buried as far as the east is the west and to, into the deepest sea is our sin. But are we still going to give an account... For all the lies you think and for any other just
2: spoken word that we
7: have said or what we have
2: great thank you man thank you for listening thanks for that question alex that's a question that's been asked and there I, I've, I've answered it and and saying well, okay it's here but let me just share this with you uh i remember this this sticks to my mind in account what is it is it going to be Okay, every word, or is every word going to come to our mind that we've done, and and God brings it to our memory, or does He He speak up? But I re- this this is part of what I remember. You know, Jesus told Peter that He was going to deny him. Peter would deny him three times uh, before the rooster would crow. He did that, and in is it in Mark's gospel where he, their eyes meet? Jesus and Peter's eyes meet as they're taken. Uh, Jesus from, you know, from Pilate, he takes to Herod and goes back and forth. And one of those things, Peter and Jesus, they, their eyes meet, and that's immediately when Peter went out and wept bitterly. Uh, Jesus did not have to say a, a word, but everything that Jesus had said and what Peter had done in denial came to his memory, and he went out and wept bitterly. That You know, I don't know if that fits into every account. But I think when we stand before him, he wipes away every tear. I think we, a lot of memories is going to come our way that we should have spoken up or we shouldn't have said certain words. What about you, Alex?
1: Well, yeah, I agree with you, Bert. Let me encourage people, read 1 Corinthians 3. Read, read 1 Corinthians 3, 11 and following, and just think about your work. You know, every man's work will be made manifest. And by the way, these are talking about saved people. He's just talking about born-again people. Uh, but the word work in 1 Corinthians 3.13 is really that which has been wrought or made. And you know what? Even post-salvation, and this, the, these are saved people, but we all, by our, our words, our behavior, our priorities, our influence, we are rendering something, a witness that we're setting forth. And wood, hay, stubble, or gold, silver, precious stones, um, and listen, God does love us, and He forgives us, and it says, "There's," G- Jesus says, "Their sins I will remember no more," but even the life we live, uh, we are accountable. I- I'll just put it this way, Bert. I think for what we say, what we do, as Christians, we- we're accountable, aren't we?
2: We are. We really are. So, be careful. Uh, That's what Proverbs says about the tongue. James repeats that. Where do we go
1: to next? Arkansas. Steve in Arkansas, thank you for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
7: Uh, Appreciate the welcome. Uh, Good afternoon, brother. Uh, You know, uh, uh, you all said something like, uh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. This would be more along the line of be careful, little hands, what you do. And uh, uh, as a man, man, a man, uh, man, man, cast firebrands, arrows and death, he the his neighbor and says, am I not in sport? This really happened that somebody uh, on a country road in this county, they uh, they cut down the uh, the stop signs. OK, and they meant it for a joke. But there was a fatal car accident that happened. And uh, so some things are not funny.
2: Wow. Um, great. Tragic. Great warning. Uh I nothing could be you know more done in a joking manner, having fun uh Alex sometimes uh a fool by themselves won't do certain things, but add another person to it, it becomes a dangerous combination, so the book of Proverbs also not only warns about what you do it also warns who you hang out with you know yeah. if you put those two things together, two fools. Rather than just one, uh, it's double danger, and mm. so great word. Yeah. Thank you, Steve, Steve. Thanks
1: for listening, and and Garrett in South Dakota, all these people who say they listen every day, it, <laughs> we, we sincerely thank you. We, we do. William in Texas. William, welcome.
6: Uh,
7: howdy. Howdy. Uh, so uh, I've got a question about uh, the promises, uh, all of the promises in, in the Bible. There's many of them, and uh, should I be looking at the promises as an individual like they are for me, all of them, or should I look at the promises as they are for like God's people, his church? Should I look at it more personally or, or for like all of the believers?
2: Let me say this, William. The answer is yes, uh, but I'm I'm being a little bit—but what I say is true. You look at the Scriptures to see how they were given and whom they were given to— If they're transferred, if it's to a nation, if it's to an individual, is it to a group or an individual? Alex, you do really have to look at at some of that and see. uh, You know, people talk about just being for Israel. No, some of those is for a nation. It's for a society. A society that knows God and their foundation is God, that society, that government will be blessed. So those promises have to be looked at and directed correctly, don't they?
1: They do. You know— One of my professors at Liberty, he's in heaven now, Dr. Harold Wilmington, but he would always say, you know, what does the text say, and what is my responsibility in light of what the text says? But I think regarding the personal promises, obviously there's some promises that are like for the the Jewish people, but I think we, we can look, Bert, what does the text say, and what are God's promises to me in light of what the text says, you know? And... I realize you know, people they, they reprimand us conservatives about Second Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Uh, and they'll say, Well, you know that was written to Israel, not to the USA. I know that. But listen, any people group that turns to Christ and says, Lord, we repent, forgive our sin, Lord please help us. God's gonna help, you know? And so doesn't Nineveh I, prove that? When John yeah, had preached to Nineveh. them they
2: were not an Israelites and they exactly. repented in sackcloths and ashes, turned from their sin, and God spared them and blessed them. Yes.
1: And, and so I, I think there are just vast, vast, vast promises in the Bible that we can appropriate for ourselves because Jesus said John sixteen thirty three, he said, I've be of good cheer, I've overcome the world, and I love the fear not little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Isn't that encouraging? It is. Hey,
2: William, thank you, brother. Amen. Where to next?
1: Uh, Gene, in a little place you might have heard of called North Carolina.
3: (laughs) Welcome, Gene. Alex, Alex, Bert, everything you've been doing on the Proverbs is right, and I have done everything that you've talked about. So I saw it, and I saw my life coming from my past into my being born again, everybody. Um, I was very, not to make any excuses, because I I really, no, it, it just came in, and I got on the broad road. And when I say broad road, I mean broad road. And it's hurting me now, everybody. And I'm going through so much; it is unbelievable. So, if that helps you guys, I want you to know I should have been reading the Bible back when I did the least, the least. But I did something, Alex and Bert, that we were, you know, taught, you know, give out the tracks and, you know, wanted, you know, you, you, you. you. I felt that that was oh, so grand and. And then I realized I was doing the least for Jesus. And um I I look up now and and I I slapped him in the face. I did. I'm telling you everybody, I know this is on everywhere. And mm. you realize we have the most wonderful Savior, Lord and Savior. Yes, Amen. filled with mercy. But also judgment, Alex and Bert. And I'm paying for it now, and I know it. And it's hurting me terribly, but it's my fault. It's my fault, everybody.
2: Gene, I want to make sure you're listening, okay? Be on there. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a promise. We, we was talking about all the promises, Listen, that's for you, that's for me. That confess means to agree with God. Sounds like, Gene, you have come to that place. He forgives, and he forgives deeply. Walk in that. Yes, there may be consequences, but walk in the forgiveness that is real through Jesus Christ our Lord. Alex?
1: And, and let me just say this to Gene and to everybody. Listen, take God at his word. If you confess, you turn to Christ, you are forgiven And then give yourself permission to feel the peace of God's love. We serve a a merciful Savior and turn to him today and then walk in that freedom and that forgiveness and restoration.
2: God, I thank you for Jean. I pray for victory in her life. I pray she'd walk in that victory that has been purchased for her through your blood. And Father, that that blood has cleansed her. And, Father, she's walking in newness of life. Thank you for that. And I pray that for others. In Jesus' name, amen. It's great to be with you, Alex.
1: Great to be with you, folks. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Word. You might want to read on ahead into Proverbs 27. Do me a favor. Tell somebody about Exploring the Word. But most of all, tell everybody about Jesus.